Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome to Brain Stuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, I'm Christian Sager, and this is Brain Stuff. Imagine for a minute that you're a pregnant woman. Still with me, guys? Now, the only way you can give birth is if you crawl into a small, cramped cave made out of chocolate. And the tunnel to this cave is so cramped that the only way you can get through is by cutting your own arms off 127 hours style. Once you're in this cave, you give birth. Then you eventually die from either exhaustion or starvation. But guess what? You gave birth to fraternal twins. Unfortunately, your son was born blind, and all he can do is dig more tunnels by chewing through the chocolate. Your daughter needs these tunnels to get out so she can begin this horrible reproductive cycle all over again. 
Sounds pretty grim, right? As if giving birth weren't difficult enough, what I just described to you is the life cycle of the fig wasp. Their role in the pollination of figs is crucial, both to the propagation of their species and the survival of fig plants. This arrangement between wasp and plant is called mutualism, and it's evolved over millions of years. Without the wasp, you wouldn't have figs, and vice versa. And if you're following my logic here... Yes, that means that most of the figs we eat have at least one dead female wasp inside of them. Because we're usually eating processed figs, we often don't realize that a fig is technically just a flower with its petals folded inside. In the late 19th century, American farmers started importing fig trees to California, but they couldn't figure out why their trees were fruitless. Finally, after traveling to Turkey, they observed how fig wasps emerged from the edible figs and flew to the inedible ones. One grower went back to California with this knowledge and performed the first artificial pollination on his trees by manually transferring pollen with a toothpick. When he cut open the fruit, he thought he saw seeds in the figs, but what he was looking at was actually wasp larvae. It wasn't until 1897 that the U.S. Department of Agriculture experimented with live fig wasps. After several seasons, the wasps and the fig trees finally produced a successful crop. Today, farmers separate their male and female trees over a distance and use controlled wasps delivered in paper sacks to guarantee that their figs will ripen. Turkey's still the largest producer of figs in the world, but in just a century, California became the second largest, registering 15,000 metric tons of the fruit per year. So, okay, let's get away from the whole pregnant lady chocolate metaphor thing and break down how this fig-wasp mutualism process works. For a fig plant to share its pollen with another, a female fig-wasp needs to enter an unripe fig. She crawls through a narrow passage in the fig called an osteole. It's so cramped that her wings and antenna break off along the way. But it doesn't matter because as Juicy J once said to Katy Perry, there's no going back. But what these lady fig wasps don't know is whether they're entering a male capra fig or an already edible female fig. If it's a capra fig, she'll find its male flower parts are perfectly shaped for her to lay eggs into. The eggs hatch into larvae and grow within the fig's petals. The male wasps hatch first and are born blind and flightless. They mate with their female counterparts. Yes, I guess that technically means they're brothers and sisters. And then they start eating an exit tunnel through the fig. The wasp dudes can't escape, though, so they die inside. But the females collect the fig's pollen, crawl out of the tunnel, and fly away in search of a new fig plant to lay their eggs in. These wasps are only a few millimeters long, and they can fly up to 20 kilometers, or 12.4 miles, to find the right species of fig plant. When they arrive, they deposit their natal fig's pollen, lay their eggs, and the whole process starts all over again. There are, however, two exceptions. About 0.3 to 5% of the time, fig wasps don't collect the pollen they're supposed to, and the figs aren't pollinated. When this happens, the fig doesn't grow seeds and the tree may drop it. Any wasp offspring will die from the collision. Also, if a female wasp enters an already edible fig, she can't lay her eggs because of a long part of the flower called a stylus. She'll probably die, but at least she's delivered the pollen. An enzyme inside the fig called physin breaks down her corpse into protein, ingesting the dead wasp and making it part of the ripened fruit. 
So just so we're clear here, those crunchy bits that you're chewing on in figs, those aren't bits of dead wasp. They're the fig seeds. And anyway, you should get used to the idea of occasionally eating an insect by accident. They're in lots of agricultural products. Peanut butter, canned corn, and even coffee can have insect bits in them. Check out the BrainStuff channel on YouTube. And for more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.